I titled this podcast uh, Must Add Running Backs because I, I do think this is one, um, a topic I want to touch on today. We're going to cover a lot of stuff heading into the fantasy playoffs, maybe some topics, not fantasy football. But we discussed last week, list that waiver wire strategy at this point is cut the low upside, you know, depth wide receivers and just fill in the back of with any running back that could have a role in the next three weeks. Yeah, just when we said to cut Quentin Johnson, he goes off uh, last week. Those kind of guys. You know, you're you're breaking up on me. You're a little slow. You're uh, you're a little blurry and slow okay. on your end. I think it's wow. probably your your third world internet uh, in the U.S. I'm not really sure, but anyway, um, yeah, you get rid of the the upside receivers, the guys who might do something at some point. Although all of them, like Jackson Smith and Jigba. He had like a decent day, but he had three end zone targets that didn't complete that were close that like he could have had a monster day. So a lot of these guys are finally panning out, giving you a little conundrum now. But basically, yeah, the rule is backup running backs, no uh, upside receivers that haven't panned out yet, because even if they do pan out, you're not going to start them this week. Most of them, unless you're desperate. And then if you start them next week, there's no guarantee they'll do it two weeks in a row. So you're better off just knowing that if, you know, say, Tony Pollard got hurt that Rico Dowdle would be like an automatic play. Am I still uh, messed up? A little bit. Yeah, you're a little bit in slow motion. Because I'm not seeing that, but, you know, that's uh, here. Let me, I'm just doing another uh, quick test. But all right, so let, let's go through some of those guys then. Now, like, who are some of those must-add running backs? I mean, we'll start with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, are you adding those guys? And what do you think the upside is if Christian McCaffrey indeed does miss a game? I mean, it's pretty good. It's, it's the, the other, there's two, there's two real uh, criteria for the backup running backs. One is that he's the backup, the actual backup. And then you don't know there's two guys that's not as good. And then two is that he's like 85% as good as the starter. And I don't think Elijah Mitchell qualifies in that case. Like, I don't think he's that good. So you have Mitchell who would probably get some running you know, some stuff on the ground and Mason would cut into it, but they probably throw more to Debo and hand off to Debo a little bit more. So it's, yeah, you should probably, someone should have Mitchell, but like, I think someone like Dowdle um, or. Well, don't, you know, don't spoil yet. We'll get to those guys. Yeah, We're going to go. Yeah. But you're, so if, if I'm going to, okay, if I'm ranking them, if 10 is must add and one is leave them as zero is don't even leave them on the waiver wire, whatever, just don't even touch them. Where does uh, Mitchell rank for this uh, must add uh, meter? I mean, I could be wrong about this, but my gut is like six, six and a half. Okay. You know, like, so if you have room and you add them, but he's, you're not like, there's other players that you want ahead of him. It's the best situation in the league. It's just that he's got a, a co-backup that might, who played well before. And he's just, he's not McCaffrey. You know, he's not, he's, it's not even close. Yeah. What a bad year for running. By the way, I'm looking at the real feed in live time. Um, right. And I, I think I look fine on there. Okay. Uh, I, you're a little crackly in my headphones, but you know. Like that could they're... be, that could be your headphones though. I don't think so. I mean, it's possible, <laughs> but. Let me see. I'm going to put the volume on in here. All right. Anyway, we'll just we'll just power yeah, I, through it. Yeah, and I sound. I'm telling you, I sound good on the live feed. So all right, all right, all right. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? It could be mine. All right. Uh, Dearness Johnson. He, you know, we were picking him up last week in case Travis Etienne. He was a little banged up. Didn't do anything again. Where do you uh, where do you rank the Jaguars situation? By what a bad week for the Jaguars, right? Trevor Lawrence goes out. Christian Kirk probably gone for the rest of the fantasy season. Uh, 
does that, they're saying Trevor Lawrence could still play this week, but there's almost, I mean, nobody believes that Chris Liss. Yeah. And it could be compromised if he did, he could, re, you know, he get aggravated. So yeah, that really hurts Darius Johnson, right? Because you're talking about the backup now who's not as good as ETN. And now you're talking about in a compromised situation. Um, and uh, it's just, that's just not really one that I'm that interested in right now. I mean, there, I think Dowdle is the one. I mean, you know, that's that's like a great situation, and he's shown a spark, and he can catch passes. And, you know, Pollard is sort of uh, in sort of uncharted territory in terms of workload at this point in the year. It's just that's the perfect one. You know, obviously it may not happen, but probably won't happen, but that's the best one. Yeah. If I'm, by the way, if I'm crackling up in your headphones and we won't bore the audience with this any further, just why don't you try unplugging your headphones and plugging them back in or just yeah, read, read. Sorry to the uh, podcast audience about this one, but yeah, I mean it's the same. But let's keep going. It's all right. Okay, you know, all it's right. A little crackly. I can hear you. It's not like you're, you know, right. unintelligible. All right, Zeke was a popular pickup this week with Ramondre. I'm telling you, Ramondre is not going to play again this year. There's no way, right? I mean, he's the only one that had a pulse on that team. They don't really, you know, I, I can't see a situation where you're going to have him and feel confident to start Ramondre Stevenson, even if you somehow make it to week 16, 17. So Zeke Thursday night football. Easier mark for 20 touches. This is my chance to win our bet. I need two touchdowns. Oh, man, it's the only bet I'm winning this year, and then I get screwed by uh, Ramondre getting hurt. Um, Just to I don't know. Refresh. It's going to be Let me it's refresh close. People. I think it's going to be close. Two touchdowns is a lot for that team. Yeah. So Chris Liss and I have a bet with who will have more total touchdowns, I think it was. Rush, yeah. Rushing touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. Zeke or Ramondre Stevenson. You're up by two right now, and obviously I have about four or five games to to make that up, which, by the way, I think I'm going to get you here. Well, I, let's just say that I was correct. Uh, ah. You know, I mean, Ramondre, if, if they're both healthy, Ramondre easily wins this bet. It well, let me tell you luck. why. Let me tell you yeah. why you're not correct, okay? Because if you rewind the tape, part of what I said is that Zeke's superpower is he doesn't get hurt, and he will outlast yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. I said something like that, that that was the – not that Zeke was better than Ramondre Stevenson or the more, you know, I gave you that. I said, Zeke will play all 17 games. Right. Well, I mean, if that's true about Zeke, which it has been so far, I mean, it's certainly easy to stay healthy when you're not getting much work. Uh, and so Ramondre is the one who got hurt. But, uh, you know, Ramondre hadn't been particularly fragile either to this day. And I will see. I mean, if you win, you win. I pay the bet either way. There was a total nutless monkey in the industry. I'm not going to say his name, but who... Uh, it was one of these situations where we had a disagreement that we made a bet and uh, I won the bet mm. for his terms, but he was right in principle about the initial disagreement about the player, uh, that the player was actually good. And then he refused to pay me because he was right in principle. Well, you who know, was it? Like, Call him out. No, 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 no. I, 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 no, 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 no. This dude never gets publicity. Zero. I would never, never, You'll never. You'll tell me offline though? I promise. Uh, no, 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 no. So anyway, so this dude just decides to refuse to pay me because he was right about the initial argument that led to the bet, which he was right about it. And the thing is, uh, what this guy didn't realize is two things. One is it's up to the guy who uh, won the bet to forgive it by saying you were actually right. You don't have to pay it. Right. That it's, that could happen. Right. Like if, if, if let's say you and I make a bet and your guy's winning and then he gets out for the year in week seven and then my guy barely wins at the end of the year, I could say, you don't have to pay me. You were right about this. I just got lucky. But it's not up to you not to pay the bet if we made a bet, and that's the terms of the bet. And the second thing is he didn't realize who he was dealing with, right? Like, he was dealing with me. And, like, I'm not going to let that shit go. You know what I mean? So, like, I literally just, like, froze this dude out completely, like, for a year. Like, I, I remember being at a, 
at like a conference and like we were like sitting there like and I acted like the dude didn't exist. And he How finally did pay me. For? He did it's 50 bucks. He did pay me after a year. He paid me after the year. But for yeah. me, it was just so Damaging. galling that you would just voluntarily say, so I was right. So I'm not paying, even though we agreed on the exact terms of the bet. And, you know, it, it's up to the person who won the bet to say, yeah, don't worry about it. That, you know, I, I you know, that's not a, that's not a legit win. Um, but that was, that was like, you know, so even though I'm saying, you know, Ramondre was definitely, you know, the right thing. I'm going to pay you if Zeke wins. So don't worry about it. Yeah, it's uh, you ever see that scene in Bronx Tale when the guy's chasing him for twenty dollars and he go and the mentor says to the young kid, he goes, No, no, don't chase him because for twenty dollars you never gotta see this guy again. It's like it's it's great. For fifty dollars. Oh, no, never- no, 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 no. I you don't understand. one time uh I uh, I got a mail in ticket, okay, for my car being in like the pay lane or something like that, or going through a toll or something. Unjustly and well, the the it was from some place near San Francisco. And I had not been to San Francisco. And basically, I saw the photo of it. And you could see the license plate was my license plate. But the last letter was an E or an F. But the bottom, the, the foot of the E was cut off. Mine was an E or an F. And the other one was an F or an E. And, and that, you know, so it came up as an F or an E. The other thing that it actually was in their database, in the California DMV. And they sent it to me. But it was a guy with the same plate, except he had the E and I had the F or whatever. And so I, it was a dollar, right? I get this bill and I call up and I say, listen, this is not my plate. I was not in San Francisco that you can see the E and the F thing. It must be somebody with a similar plate except for that letter. And the guy's like, I was like, so you need to take this off my bill now. And he said, uh, dude, it's a dollar. I said, it's a dollar. You think you could steal money from me because it's a small amount. Like you're entitled to take money when I wasn't even there. It's a dollar. You, you're telling me I can take money from you. It could be ten dollars. It could be a hundred dollars. It could be a thousand next time. The principle of you seizing my money that's mine that belongs to me, um, based on something that I wasn't even in the in the city that this thing happened. No, no fucking way. You're gonna come. You're gonna get rid of that thing. And he's like, dude, relax, relax. I'm like, you're going to get this off my thing. This is what is this a Xerox Corporation that they outsource this to? That the software was so shitty that it would just send it to anybody with a you know could be two different people to send it to the wrong person. You're gonna get this off the thing. And it might have taken 20 minutes, but that dude got the dollar off my bill. And I don't care if it's a dollar. It's the principle of it. Right. You don't make a commitment to somebody based on terms that are clear and agreed upon and then not deliver on that commitment and then act like, oh, well, I was right or it's only a dollar or whatever bullshit excuse you have. If you owe the money, you pay the money. And if you don't pay the money that you voluntarily owed, you apologize and say why if there's some hardship or something and the person say, okay, fine, then you're free for that person for 20 bucks. But if you self-righteously think you're that's cool not to pay what you owe, fuck that. You know, I will go to the ends of the earth and find your ass for 50 fucking cents, you know, and I'll pay you a million dollars if I'm wrong and you won the bet. No problem. Even if I got, it was unlucky, even if I was, you know, technically right, but per the terms of the bet, I lost, but it's not about the money. It's about the principle. And that dude did not know who he was dealing with. And, you know, so yep. it's, so- it's not worth, it's not worth it. You know, I, I will. I will haunt you from beyond the grave. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll be dead for a hundred years and my ghost will haunt your ass. I will not let you go if you do that. You know, to me, that's like, it's just not, it's not correct. It's not correct. And maybe you can get away with it with some other people. Like they'll just be like, Oh, whatever, man, it's worth the 20 that I not you know, not me. You know, if you make a bet with me, you got to pay if you lose and I will pay you, you know? And if I lose every cent I have and I can't, you know, I'll wash dishes at your house or something, you know, no problem. So, Two things here, and yes to all of that, right? And I, I think anyone listening to this 
shares that sensibility. In Bronx Tale, what he was uh, referring to, do you remember the movie Bronx Tale? I, I, like, I remember when he says, now, now yous can't leave. And oh yeah, now yous can't leave, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the best part. But the second yeah. best part is yeah. the reason he says that the guy's chasing him down for 10 or $20 is that he's just like this degenerate, annoying guy that gambles, but he goes, now he will never bother you again. It's not, he said in this specific case, it wasn't worth the degenerate coming around. In your case, right, they're just, you're the, they're trying to steal from you. I like the whole thing. And I, I like that you put the energy because most people just say, pay the dollar and just be done with it. So the second people are thing- free riders, they're free riding off of people like me. Do you realize how those corporations would take from everybody? If everyone was like, ah, eh, it's a dollar, it's $5. I'm just not going to do anything about it. They would just have their hands in your bank account every second. It's people like me and people who sue over things like this, you know, that keep them honest. So mm-hmm. all these free riders, this, this woman, nice, nice woman, friend of Heather's, uh, a prominent lawyer. We go to the sushi place. The waiter's obviously on cocaine or some other drug, and he's taking like 45 minutes to like take our order. He's totally out of it, you know? And she gives the guy a 20% tip. I'm like, fuck no, we're not giving this guy a 20 She's like, oh, what's the big deal? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the big deal is this, <laughs> if you do that, you are encouraging the worst kind of behavior. Like there is pride in being a good waiter and being a good service person and, and, and doing your job well. And you are basically you know, throwing those people under the bus and throwing all the customers under the bus. So, you know, to me, it's just like, do not, do not be a free rider off everybody else who's willing to have an awkward conversation to, to stiff, not to stiff, but to give the waiter what they deserve if they don't do anything or they're a terrible waiter. 15%, 10%. It's no, give him zero. I mean, literally zero is rough. Zero is rough. You got to support his coach. The dude was like, yeah, I don't care about his cocaine habit. That's his problem. You know, he probably got fired, you know, shortly thereafter anyway, because I'm sure people complain. But it's just, you know, this sort of like, oh, I don't want it to be awkward. I'm just going to go along with this. Like, that is a scourge. You think you're nice. Oh, I'm a nice person. I would never do that. You're not nice. You're not nice. You're just cowardly. You just yeah. don't want to have an awkward experience. You just want emotional comfort. You don't want to deal with conflict. That's what it is. You're not nice. You're not, you're actually harming the people that actually meet their obligations and actually do a good job as a waiter and, you know, customers who are going to uh, spend their uh, hard earned income on, uh, on a meal. Yeah. The second thing I was going to add to this, and then we can talk again, just move over to some of the the running backs that we need to roster. Cause I think that's an important topic too, but I I like that you brought this up. I'm, I'm reading. I told you not reading them. That's a bit, I don't want to seem smart. I'm listening audiobook to the history of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And they were talking about early Arab culture and even modern Arab culture, how it's not, they're not, they didn't give their power over to the state. It was all about honor and trust. And this is what you're talking about, like honor. And if you would just even like lie or if you disrespect someone in Arab culture, it is like, remember like the old Westerns? Like if someone called you like a cheater during a card game, they would like shoot the guy, right? Like that's the right. worst yeah. insult you could have. So right? yes, insulting yeah. someone's integrity in, in old Arab culture, modern Arab culture was like the biggest insult. Whereas like if someone called you a cheat or whatever, I mean, you're not going to, do a real man thing and, and take them out. You know, you're just going to, because we surrender, not you specifically, but we surrender to the power of the state. That's how we grew up and versus tribal allegiances and, and that, that type of culture. It was an interesting um, part of the, the book. Yeah. I'll, I'll say two things about that. One is, you know, those same kind of people, you know, we're calling you anti-vaxxer, you know, trying to destroy you, trying to like say things that the code words that would ruin you um, if you disagreed or dissented at all about certain policies. And it was the same thing. It was sort of a character assassination thing. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we, 
it's the same kind of low, low life uh, behavior that should be called out. And the people that try to like, you know, tag people's work and stuff like that. Like I'm surprised people even um, tolerate them anymore. You know, maybe they've forgotten, but I, I see it as sort of like a low standards. Like say you tolerate somebody that was trying to destroy people's reputations unjustly and you're, you know, like chit chatting with them. I find that it's like, oh, this person has low standards uh, for who they interact with. I mean, I, I don't think anything should happen to them or anything. I, I think, you know, you can interact with who you want, but I just personally think, oh, that's a low standard person. They don't have high standards of, of sort of conduct. And then the other thing is um, someone I know, I don't want to out them. Uh, out them. Bookie. Come on. This is no, 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 no. This is something else. Yeah. First of all, some people I don't out because they're such losers that even outing them would give them right. would be a reward yeah, for right. them. Right? right. Like they're beneath me. Right. If it was somebody prominent that like I had respect for or something, I would probably like go after them more publicly. Uh, but it's just like a, you know, small time. Fair but, enough. but the, but the other thing is, um, uh, there, my, a friend of mine, this, I'm, I'm not outing this person just cause it's, it was illegal. Um, had a bookie. <laughs> And, you know, and the um, and it was interesting because the bookie, um, you know, if somebody didn't pay one hundred dollars, he'd like start people off small. They didn't pay. Then he would just cut them off. Um, And then, you know, if they paid regularly, then he'd let them make bigger bets. And he said that, like, his whole industry was based on trust. Right. I mean, there was no legal recourse for either side. And really, like, you know, his boss, who his his mentor, who lifted someone up by his tongue, uh, reportedly, uh, who didn't pay. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what he said. I hope um, it's true. Ba- ba- basically, um, you know, that didn't really pay anymore. That just brings the heat. You know, you don't want to like start, you know, beating up people. So it's just much more efficient to like just cut them off. And, uh, but his business was totally based on trust and how that legal businesses are all based on distrust. I mean, look at the disclaimers and the million fine print and the, you know, and, and everything in our society with the lawyers and the Look at the oxy compliance. lawsuit going on, right? Well, I mean, oh. you know, the, the, the least trust, you know, trustworthy, you know, corporations like the, the pharmaceutical company, those, those people, they've been fined and, and, and uh, busted for falsifying data, the worst of the worst. But I'm just saying, even just basic business, there's so much fine print, the contracts are gigantic. It's all based on distrust. And so it's kind of ironic that, you know, the bookies or the old school um, guys, you know, that was based, you had to have a reputation as a, as a better, and you had to have a reputation as a bookie of being fair. And there was like, even though it was a degenerate world, it, there was integrity in that. You, know, you had to have integrity to make a bet and, and to, to run that business. And now people have no integrity. They, they, they cheat and steal to the maximum ability under the law and they get their lawyers and they, they lie and they're weasels. And so anyway, just the idea of, uh, I was just, I yeah. was being a weasel calling saying I was right, even though I might be wrong, but just rest assured, I would never be such a weasel that I didn't, wouldn't pay you exactly for the terms of the bet. Yeah. I had a bet last year with uh, who would have more fantasy points, Javante Williams or Zeke Elliott uh, with somebody and J- part and the Javante got hurt in like what week four or five. And, yep. you know, the guy was like, well, my guy, he, you know, he never stuttered about paying, but I right. said, that was the principle of my bet. Zeke's an right. iron man. He's not good anymore, but he just, he will outlast you, you know, he's right. Tw- and, and just do it on per game. If you want per game, you know, you wouldn't have probably done it. I wouldn't have done game. it. Wouldn't have done right. it. Zeke, Zeke's an accumulator. He's an iron man. He's the tortoise right. against the hair, you know? So, right. So, I mean, that, that's fine. Then you made good bets. All right. Uh, Backup. You have a one hour bet yet, though. You have. You might. You probably will. But no, you have but one yet. like if you could, like if I could cash out, I would be at plus money right now. I, you know, 
and the Patriots are pretty. I mean, right. they, they scored zero against the Chargers last week. That's not a good defense. I'm not saying it's yeah. I'm not saying that it's like, not. It's not just Zeke. It's not. It's not just the Patriots have to score two touchdowns, which is hard enough. It's Zeke himself has to score. Right. Them. So I have five. I have five games left to get two yeah. touchdowns. What yeah, would from be the, the starting back? If you were right, what would you and no Ramondre? So what would you set the odds on for Zeke to score two touchdowns? He, he, in about five even games? money. Uh, that would be the over under because think about this, right? That would be about six and a third touchdowns for six, six and two thirds. I forgot it's 17 games, six and two thirds touchdowns for the season. And so Zeke, the current carcass that he is on the Patriots and this terrible team would have an over under of about six, six and two thirds, right? Even as a starter. Do you want to watch he, he this bet? Do you want to, want to just wipe it off? No, 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 no. I want to play it out. Let's play it okay. out. Let's All right. I do out. too. I, 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 I want to play it out. All right. Uh, backup running backs, Antonio Gibson. Um, he was probably, he might have been dropped, believe it or not, because he was going on a bye. He hadn't really been producing. Now, again, I know. In mo- Anto- no, Brian Robinson's hurt. No, no. Antonio Gibson was hurt a couple weeks ago, and they were putting in, like, Chris Rodriguez, whoever right. it was. Right, okay. So do you think Antonio Gibson, again, I, he's probably, he may not be available in your league. And we're just going to go through all these backup running backs, these handcuffs that, you know, have a viability, and we're just going to rank them. Is Where would you put Gibson on the, uh, well, I guess he's the starter now. So where would you rank him? Pretty high. Uh, I mean, he, he catches passes. Um, you know, he's he's not a stiff. The offense is weird. It's a weird team. It takes a lot of sacks and turns it over, but they do occasionally put up points. Um, I think that's a good one to have for the playoffs. Kenny Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, man, he has not been like the picture of health. He's had a good season so far. He's a little dinged up this week, I think. I mean, he's probably going to play, but Gainwell on a good offense, uh, it just doesn't seem like the team, the Eagles love Rashad Penny at all. He's healthy scratch all year. Let's say DeAndre Swift was ruled out. Do you think Gainwell would be the preferred option, or do you think they activate uh, Penny? Well, I still have Penny on a couple of teams. Uh, just I don't know. I just was like, I've held him this long. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm not confident if Swift were like, say, really out, that Gainwell would just take his role. I think they might. Boston Scott is annoying. Um, you know, maybe um, Penny comes and in, gets involved. But I could see the Eagles being the team. Was like, yeah, this is why we kind of kept Penny under wraps all year. Um, because we wanted either Swift or Penny, and if we played them both at the same time, we figured we'd have neither come playoff time. I could see Penny, you know, being a, maybe the fantasy playoffs, maybe in the real playoffs. I think Gainwell and, and Scott are just guys, so um, I'm lower on Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, we had talked about Dearness Johnson already. We're we're you never really answered. Where would you rank Dearness Johnson right now, especially since the that they're presumably going to run the well, ball more? I gave I gave Mitchell a six and a half. I give Dearness Johnson like a five and a half. Okay. And I would give um who, who was the guy before that that I liked that I oh Antonio Gibson like an eight and a half in terms of like if, if you're saying zero to ten for available running backs. Bad running back year this year. I mean, if you didn't have McCaffrey or maybe Mostert, it, it's it's been very uneven. Joe Mixon, just to give you a perspective here, is running back seven on the year. And I don't think anybody like loves Joe Mixon. Uh Chase Brown got I think he had just about 10 carries or touches last week, maybe a little less. Uh looked okay. Looked okay. Is he a priority handcuff? He's available everywhere that I'm playing fantasy football yeah. other than deep dynasty leagues. I mean, I don't know about Jake Browning, like whether he's like, whether that was something that he can really sustain, but yeah, I would say he's like a seven, you know, like Chase Brown. No, no, the, uh, the, sorry, Jake Browning, the quarterback. Yeah. But I'm talking about Chase Brown, the running back. Who I now- know I'm saying that oh. matters for the running back. Got it. Because 
because the don't offense, get annoyed. Don't get annoyed. No, no, you, you you're correcting me, but I wasn't making a mistake. That's I was I, I was uh, confirming, not correcting. Don't uh, get annoyed. I still love. No, him. I was I, I was yeah. I know. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't take it personally. I was just saying no. Well, I'm I took saying it Jake personally. Browning. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Okay. But I'm saying Jake Browning, you know, is is the variable there, right? Which changes the value of of that running back because if it's a totally dead offense. Um, the running back's not that valuable, but if Jake Browning did what he did against the Jaguars, who have a decent defense, um, then, you know, all of a sudden that mixing chase Brown, you know, whoever it is, that's kind of valuable again, you know, like, and so, um, that's sort of the variable that we, we don't really know. We, we just saw one good game. All right. Seattle, Ken Walker's probably not going to play again. Zach Charbonnet is banged up a little bit. DJ Dallas against San Francisco. Right? No, who are they playing this week? Let's see. Uh, week San Francisco. Four, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, uh, even if he's the starting running back, my first thought was uh, I wouldn't start him. I'd take Zeke over him. All these other guys. What's your feelings on DJ Dallas? Um, yeah, I you know he's tough against the Niners. Uh, he can catch passes. I think they would probably work. So I don't even know who the guy behind him is, but they would work someone else in with him. So I, I'm not uh, bullish on that. You, Kenny Walker's not playing this week. Is that already set? <sighs> Uh, I think it said that it was, I mean, we'll find out for sure, but here, here's the latest note on Walker, which uh, it looked like when I, cause I have him in a lot of leagues. It says uh, oblique. Oh yeah. Let's see. Oh, this is from December 6th. He's missed the last two practice. Uh, let's miss the last two games. Uh, we'll keep, yeah, it's basically undecided this week, it, it, but I would think it's leaning now. Yeah, I got this weird. Oh, it's no, it's Heather. I got to I got to Sorry, I declined that call. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, she's just doesn't she know you podcast on this hour? She it might be an emergency. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's an emergency, but uh, I'll call her back. She's right. Been, right she's now traveling. on the air. No, no, I'm not gonna call her back on the air. Um, so one time though, on the video, I don't know if you ever saw this video. We did some videos like way back in like 2014. We're doing these Google Hangout videos, and uh, a guy, God, what's his name? Uh, Dan Gottlieb. I, I can't remember his name, but he used to do the videos with us. And I was just kind of making a big joke of the whole video. And I had a call from like my car mechanic or like body shop. And I, I was like in the middle of it. And I was like saying all the stuff. And I was like, I need to take this. So I'm like on the phone during it. And he's like, uh, okay. Uh, and uh, it was it was hilarious though. It was just like a, a total comedy thing. But I just took the call by mechanic. Couldn't, no, I mean, you can't miss that. You know, you're like, when do I pick up my car? No, know? yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, totally. And it's, there was no text or email. Like, actually, yeah. 2014, there might have been a little bit. By the way, Kenny McIntosh is the fourth running back listed on the Seahawks depth chart. He was a rookie that was drafted this year. Um, I don't know if they brought in any veterans of the, or if that depth chart's updated. Uh, obviously, the number one cuff, I mean, at this point, you don't need this podcast to tell you Zach Moss, despite a down week, is still, you know, he could be ranked as a top 10 running back, maybe even higher. Well, yeah, well, he's starting, so he's not really a cuff, right? I mean, right. He's, he's the starter. I mean, I think Rico Dowdle is the best cuff. Right. Um, but, yeah, Moss is beyond that, right? He's he's graduated. Um, and, yeah, Indy's, like, an interesting team. Like, they actually – like, Minshew is actually pretty good. I think Minshew is, like, the 15th best quarterback in the NFL or something like that. At least the know? top and, 20th, right? You take him yeah, over yeah. Kenny Pickett. I mean, that's easy. Zach Wilson, that's not even easy, a, you know? Yeah, that's not even a – but QB1 off the field, you got to consider – yeah, Kimmy one when it didn't want to come back. It was too cozy. Like his his real calling was going so well, and like oh, I got to get back into this BS. And he said he tried to decline it. So our friend Anthony in the chat actually he he's uh, he must be looking at my uh, show notes here because I was going to say is now one of the better handcuffs if you like Indy. Is it? Oops, sorry. Is it Trey Sermon, who's now the backup to Moss? Yeah, I thought about that, but like 
it, and Moss has been hurt a lot, but it's like, is Sermon even like remotely good at football? Like, does we it don't matter? Know, do does it matter? Yeah, it matters. Like, that's the thing. I, I think that, you know, um, I mean, it matters less for running backs than say wide receivers, right? If the wide receiver gets hurt, you're like, oh, don't worry. You know, um, you know, Mark Andrews got hurt. I'll just pick up Isaiah Likely. It's fine. You know, um, it matters, right? Like it, 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 those positions, running back matters a little less, but it still matters. I mean, think about Dalvin Cook is gone and people are like, okay, Alexander Madison, I'll just take him. He's Dalvin Cook, but he's not Dalvin Cook, right? And he's not even close to as good. And actually Dalvin Cook is an interesting one. If Brees Hall got hurt, um, Dalvin may be washed up, but he's just been in such a sporadic role this year that, you know, you never really know. He might just need to have gotten more touches. So um, that's kind of a, a one that's probably available, Dalvin Cook. Yep. Yeah, well, they also said he was going to get more touches last week. He did, but that the Jets' offense is just so right. bad. You yeah, can't, they're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. It just it gets me upset as a Jets fan that, like, they don't have a Jake Browning. Like, you know, Tim Boyle, everyone knew Tim Boyle. When's the point of Tim Boyle? Right. And then, you know, Trevor Simeon, he's lowest. Of, he's probably like the – the lowest rung of of NFL worthy like roster ship. So he's not even it, the same species, you know. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it always kills me. Always kills me. It never gets old, Chris List. It never gets. It'll old. get old, just not in any of our lifetimes. Exactly. Uh, Foreman's back and healthy. Deontay Foreman on the Chicago Bears wow. right now. That's a three way committee, but you know, two running backs can go down in a game, and if you have a week sixteen starter, week fifteen starter in Foreman, I would rank him pretty high in our in our handcuff running backs. Oh, near the top. Foreman is good. Like Foreman to me is like a top 15, like early down running back in the NFL. Like he's just a good running back. He, he's not a pass catcher, but he's a bruiser. He's sort of like, you know, what Derrick Henry is now. He's not like peak Derrick Henry, but he's like a big bruiser. I mean, he's better than like AJ Dillon or somebody. He's, he's good. Um, he's a professional and, uh, running back. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. And, and I think, I don't know who the start, I don't know who's the lead, head of the committee there. You know, I don't know what the bears are going to do. Yeah, no, it could be, and, and but you know, it's a little murky. You also have Justin Fields, who's going to run a little bit, but yeah. you know, those are any Bears running back, but specifically Foreman, I do want on my roster because that could clear out for you in Week 17, and then you have a 20 touch starter. We've seen Foreman win weeks. I mean, the upside is just off the charts there. Uh, I'll be interested to see where he goes next year. How about uh, Michael Carter, who was cut by the Jets? He's been getting a little bit more work than I thought he would over in Arizona. Should J they're on by this week, so it's possible that the he that Carter was dropped. If James Conner, who's been dinged up, goes down and you're desperate in a playoff, would you prioritize Carter as a P in PPR leagues as a handcuff? Yeah, he, he would catch a bunch of passes. Connor looks great, by the way, but but yeah, if he got hurt, um, Carter and Carter, I think showed a spark with the Jets. Like they just didn't need him after they paid, you know, for Dalvin Cook and they had Brees Hall, but um, he's not a stiff in my mind. So yeah, I think he's probably worth a look. All right. Here's, here's a controversial one. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. All right. We know Pacheco's no, I'm done. I, he's dead to me. Dead to me. I picked that dude up, started him all the wrong weeks. That dude sucks. So even if he had a clarified start in a game, you wouldn't put him in. If he had a clarified start, I'd probably use him, but then you'd probably see McKinnon get work or like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like, I've tried so many times. I drafted him like every league. I was like, look, Pacheco is just a guy and he's a late round pick and McKinnon's 33. Like Clyde Edwards is perfect for him, but he, yeah. he scored a touchdown once early in the year, but he's just so, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just like Pacheco so much that, you know, that's just what it is now. Jarek McKinnon over the last couple of weeks, Chris lists. I mean, he's played, 
I mean, he's, he's has no fantasy. Well, he didn't even play in week 12 and 13. Oh, he, uh, he, yeah. And the pre, I mean, he's getting nothing. Maybe, you know, traditionally they've saved McKinnon for December. So you could easily see like Jarek. Oh, let's use him. Jarek McKinnon. He's probably on your waiver wire. Is he a worthy uh, handcuff for the fantasy playoffs? No, uh, because if Pacheco went down, you wouldn't know whether you could use him. It would be so, I mean, you don't, you want like, I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but you want that like, okay, uh, Tony Pollard goes down and Rico Dottles considered like a top 12 running back that week, you know, on, on everybody's cheat sheet. Um, you don't want uh, Pacheco goes down, you have McKinnon and he's like running back 27. You know, that that's like, that's what you don't want because then you're like, well, you know, I, I got the event that I needed to spring his value, but I still don't feel confident starting him. Yeah, I think that's the, those are the guys you don't want to handcuff. You want you want the guy that you're sure that is going to be the guy. Fair enough. Here, I'm. Uh, how's the um the the picture been better or kind of the same? Your picture is fine. It's it's the sound is like a little stuttery. All right. All right. Anyone in the chat, just just let me know if you're hearing my sound okay because I think I was here when I tested it was all right. Okay. If not, we're gonna have to get Chrysalis a new pair of headphones. That's all. It's, it's well, my no headphones are beat up because I keep taking them all over traveling and they're all ripped up. I don't think okay. it's the headphones. All right. Uh, Alan, you're good. All right. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Oh man, this guy in, uh, every, everyone hates this guy in my league. Cause he's too good. He's, he, he hasn't lost a game all year in my dynasty league that tell him, tell him that's a bad omen going into the fantasy playoffs that he wants to lose at least one. He's undefeated. It, no, that's good. I, I mean, you want to get destroyed like last regular season game and then go in and crush. He wants to be like, it, you know, in real, in real life, I believe in that. In real life, I believe in that. Like you, right. you need to get crushed. You know, and like you're, you know, week 16, but it doesn't really affect your seating. Uh, but if, uh, but in fantasy, it's, there's nothing, you know, there's no uh, psychological thing going on. Look at this three for three on my picture and sounder good list. Okay. Yeah. I, it's crackly in my ear, but it's not interrupting me hearing you. So it's okay. okay. All, right, all right. Well, you know me, I'm an audiophile. So, yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to go somewhere with that. All right. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, handcuffed that you want to roster. Um, in the ball because right now people are you dropping can play him yeah you could play him straight up yeah i mean you know those are the best hand i mean a handcuff that you can just play like you know ha and his handcuff but you play him um you know is is that's not even a question right because that's a starter um it's the dowdles dowdle almost was at that level for a while but i consider my handcuff all right, I'm going down my list here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't really use, like, under that same principle, you can't use any of the Detroit running backs. Um, Tajay Spears, popular pickup this week, but Derrick Henry's probably going to play another Iron Man, right? How high would you prioritize Spears on the handcuff list moving into the fantasy playoffs? Uh, pretty high. Uh, I mean, he's he's the clear backup. He's got some skills. Um, shit, I got to take that. She's calling me twice. Hold on. Yeah, no hold problem. On. Oh, hold on. No problem. Um, we're talking about handcuffs in the fantasy football playoffs. And I, I think there's there's two parts of this conversation was, you know, we talked about in the beginning where you want to basically cut all your low upside death, load your roster up with backup running backs. The other thing, and I'm going to ask Liz about this when he gets back, is if you're in super flex leagues and most people, not most, uh, it's still mostly single quarterback leagues. But if you play in these two quarterback uh, super flex leagues, I think you also want to backload your roster would back up quarterbacks now, right? Like, so if you have Josh Allen, um, 
Maybe you put Kyle Allen on there and you cut like a low upside depth guy. Or if you have uh, Russell Wilson as your QB2, you can't go into a, a playoff matchup and not have Jared Stidham, who Denver was pretty aggressive about signing, and have him as your backup. So I think also think in Superflex leagues, we need to start thinking about the backup quarterbacks the same way we think about the uh, the backup running backs, and if you have three starting quarterbacks, like if you have in one in one super, I'll tell it. So so list. What I was talking about also is that for people that play super flex leagues, that it's also you want to have the backup quarterbacks on your roster. So if you have Russell Wilson in the super flex league, I'm okay rostering Jared Stidham because you don't want to be in a playoff matchup, and you know in super flex leagues there's nobody to pick up. You're picking up C.J. Beathard from week to week. Yeah, that's a great point in a super flex. It's it, just like a running back. It's even more important. And um, I wonder if in the playoffs, yeah, because it, especially if your roster's lock, right? Like the NFFC, I mean, right. they don't really have super flex. But, but like, they don't. Right? You're saying because you don't want your opponent to block you. Well, okay. that's true. You don't want the guy, you know, if there's four guys left in the playoffs after round one and Stidham's the guy available because Russ got hurt and everybody else is pretty much locked up. Um, he probably would put a bid in for Stidham oh, yeah, to block Definitely, him, right? I would. I, I mean, you know, yeah. to block you, so you have to start like Rondell Moore in your Superflex or something like that. <laughs> that's you know, how, that's where it gets ugly when you start a. It's it's one thing to start a good receiver in your Superflex, you know. Right. It's another, quite another, to start a bad one. Yeah, I've done so, it before, though. Yeah, and I, I think like in Superflex leagues, the quarterback does takes a place of the running back. Like in pet, like in the in a lot of the dynasty leagues I play in, in the past, you would like give like your next year's rookie third for a spot start running back, like a Boston Scott type, or you know uh, when Ty Chandler plays, if you need a spot. Now I'm seeing that more and more with the quarterbacks. Like someone gave me a fourth round pick for Mitch Trubisky, right? Which probably is I, I sold it too cheap, but they were no, no, in, you just sold right. You don't want to start Mitch Trubisky even a quarter. I mean, no, but I had him as a bench guy. I had him as a bench. Dude, no, so. I know, but I'm saying like, you know, that's like Tim Boyle, you know, Mr. Trubisky. It's like, you don't even want to use, like, that's like where it gets so ugly that you're like, do I even use um, Zach wow. Wilson or, or Mr. Trubisky instead of, you know, say like Keaton Mitchell, it's like a hard call. Yeah. But like you, normally, <laughs> you said it all the time, man, even QB 30 and Mitch Trubisky, like he's, his floor is going to be 13 points, right? 12 points. I mean, Keaton Mitchell, uh, yes, the upside is way more, but the likelihood is Keaton Mitchell's going to have six points. So maybe it is worth the risk. I don't know. I mean, but how many matchups do you lose by like a point or less? You know, everything can make counts. No, no, I, I think, you know, Trubisky could get three touchdowns. You never know. But some of these guys, Trubisky may not. He's got a little experience, so maybe. But some of these guys, like Tim Boyle, like I almost yes. feel like there's just no Bryce upside. Young, not startable in super fast. It's like very hard to start those guys, right? Even if you have anybody. So, yeah. All right. The uh, couple other. Oh, Josh Dobbs. Uh, he's going to get the start again. Justin Jefferson's going to be back. Uh, Josh Dobbs was like this year's superhero. Then everybody turned on him after one bad game. I I'm glad the Vikings are giving him another opportunity with Justin Jefferson. What's your expectations? I mean, obviously, if you have Jefferson, you're starting him. But that we I had some questions this week about Josh Dobbs or and, you know, they were kind of 50 50 ish like. They were Baker Mayfield or Josh Dobbs, um, Matthew Stafford, um, Jameis Winston, or Josh Dobbs. We're, what's your feeling on Dobbs heading into the week? Aren't they playing the Raiders this week? Yes. Yeah, I'm I, double checking. I would, I would think that that's like a good matchup for Dobbs, and uh, yeah, I would start. He runs, gets Jefferson back. Uh, yeah, I would. I would actually like be pretty confident that he's going to get at least like 15, 20 points. 
Yeah, and there's upside. How about Gardner Minshew or Dobbs? Because you said you like Gardner Minshew earlier. I think that I, that was exactly what I was thinking of when you said Josh Dobbs or that yeah. would be like a, a coin flip. And and who are they playing the the uh, who the Minshew East, the They're Bengals playing, right? Yeah, at yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, the Bengals defense isn't bad. I think that's fifty fifty. I think that's a real like coin flip. Yeah. Oh, this is um this is going back to our Keaton Mitchell uh, discussion. Uh, you mentioned a chain before as like kind of like a not really a handcuff, a, a, like a player like Keith Mitchell, where you put him in your lineup. You know, the the keeper market, the dynasty market, has uh, uh, A-Chan as like a top five, top eight running back in dynasty and keeper. I mean, it sounds crazy because he gets so low volume of touches, but I could see why, right? I mean, you're, you're going to take him or, you know. Zay some... Flowers in a keeper leg? Which one would you take? Ah, <laughs> very good. Hey, look, I wasn't wrong. I just said what I would do. And wide receivers yeah. <laughs> tend to have more sustained value. Me, Listen, yes. It's if you're an adult and you blame someone else for your choice that you made voluntarily, <laughs> you're a total nutless monkey. But if I have someone to blame, I'm going to do it. You know, uh, man, I and my I told you that Stopa wrote in the thing. He said he would have to be an outlier. And I just wrote a thing about outliers. That's about the crazy Aaron part. And, 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 Justin Tucker. and the other premonition I had was Chris Bassett, the hound, when the Bassett hound came around and Chris Bassett had 16 wins uh, and like 180 strikeouts and decent ratios. Uh, and you know, if I have a premonition, it's real, you know, I'm, I'm basically, uh, you know, I got a, I'm a psychic, but I can't, it's not for everything. It's just once in a while, one of them comes to me and I got to heat it and I should have stuck to it. But like a nutless monkey, I drafted, uh, Zay flowers who, you know, e even with, uh, Mark Andrews out, can't seem to just take control and get, you know, 10 targets. So that passing game is really bad to be part of. Nobody gets 10 targets. Like nobody ever gets to 10, you know, like even Mark Andrews once in a while, but like basically nobody gets to 10. You, you just, how do you draft receivers in a passing game where, you know, six or seven targets is the best you're ever going to do. Yeah. And of course you're talking about that choice of HN versus flowers was in a rookie dynasty league, just to give people yes. context where, correct, you correct. know, you're, you're get, keeping them for the rest of your life. Uh, I want to talk as we're talking about handcuffs here for the fantasy playoffs, Los Angeles Rams, Kyron Williams, obviously he's the starter. I mean, top five running back, uh, two part question here. And we're going to, is well, we'll start with what the topic we're talking about is Freeman. Um, how much would, let's say that Williams misses another game is uh Royce Freeman, a priority handcuff that you want to have on your roster versus like, say like a KJ Osborne or a Greg Dorch type. Yeah, I would say so. I just dropped Freeman in some leagues because I was so annoyed that I started him and he did nothing zero. last week. He got a zero. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know, as a backup, that's, you know, I mean, I guess the Rams were so ahead of the game before that that Freeman got a lot of run uh, and, and Ky uh, Kyron Williams already had had a huge game. But now you know, you know, now you know, okay, well, Freeman's not guaranteed anything. He actually, he needs the injury to be relevant. But yeah, we're talking about backups that you wouldn't start, but that, you know, if someone got hurt, yeah, I think he'd be, you know, like a seven out of 10 in that scale that we did. So the other part of this question is a lot of things change in the offseason. but let's say the Rams look basically the same, you know, a few pieces here and there. Maybe they even draft like a, a, a day two or day three running back. Kyron Williams, what round will you draft him? Is he a second round player? Is he a no, first round more player? Like, no, three, four. Yeah. I don't, I don't think know. he'll get him though. I, I mean, we were talking about this the I'm other not, day. I'm not, I'm not trying to get him. You know I mean? I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get someone who I, maybe I'll do some research and change my mind on it, but like, I mean, he's been a literal league winner. I know we use that term as a like cliche yeah. kind of funny, but I'm telling you, man, that people hated him because well, first of all, he was considered the third best running back in his class falls to the fifth round in the real NFL draft. Cause he tested poorly 
And, you know, it's like he was good at in college, pass catching running back. Now, what more does he have to do? I mean, if he was a first round uh, NFL draft pedigree running back, you wouldn't be saying this about him. You're Are you letting like draft pedigree pull you that? Why aren't you like bullish on Kyron after everything he's done this year? I mean, he's he's been really good, but it's been a couple of games, right? He was hurt for like three or four games in the middle of the season. So it's not like he's done this all year. You can't take his average output and extrapolate as though he played 12 games so far, right? How many games he had? Eight or something like that? Yeah, he's got six games with 17 fantasy points or more. Yeah, I mean, it's good. But again, you know, missing those games does matter. Um, and right, you know, because of his pedigree, uh, I don't know, is, you know, is five, he, nine, is 190 he, pounds. He's small. He's, he, I mean, he, he doesn't look that fast when he plays. He's quick, you know, but he, he's, I think that long speed is, you know, he's not going to break like the home run as much. And then you wonder like, is McVeigh going to be as committed to him because they got him so cheaply? You know, there is, there is the Arian Foster, the Terrell Davis, you know, those kind of guys that, you know, were elite for four or five years without pedigree because they were just so obviously good that they just were top backs in the league. I don't, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't see Kyron Williams yet as like that Arian Foster, like where, Oh, this is one of the top five backs in the league yet. I just see him as a guy who's done really well in the system that uh, has been good for him. But right. And you're right there because if Sean McVay's not back, I'm even worried about like Puka Nakua for next year if, if there's no McVay or no. I mean, I said third, fourth, third round. I mean, who's going to the third round? I mean, like Ramondre types and, you know, I mean, he obviously got hurt. And well, running backs are going to fall next year. A lot of running, but like you might be able to yeah. get, you know, Jameer Gibbs might be a third round pick again next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, third round is still expensive. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying like I wouldn't take him. I'm just saying first two rounds. You said it's fourth such a, round. This, I said third, fourth. I said yes. Uh, but, but I, but this year has annoyed me not only because I'm not having a good year, but also because it feels so random. Like the guys that are doing well, you know, like on one league I had uh, that's drawing dead. I had DK Metcalf, Christian Watson and Devin H uh, this week. Right. So I had a monster score, but it's like too little too late, you know, like fuck off, you know, you're going to score these touchdowns now. And we, you know, 13 when I'm out of it, like, it's like, it's just stupid. Like what, what am I doing? Like, Oh yeah. See, those guys can score touchdowns that I drafted, but it doesn't really matter because I'm out of the playoffs. It's sort of like, or, you know, HN was hurt for, you know, much too long. Um, it's just, what the hell's going on? Like, I, I just want some reliability, you know? And, and you're like, Oh, the quarterbacks at least are good. Like the J Jalen hurts and Josh Allen. Mahomes has been terrible, but you know, I got terrible. Dak and, He's been disappointing. He has been terrible well, for where you got him. He's been terrible. Right. Uh, sure. But so, so, you know, I got Purdy and Dak in that league, you know, that I, I feel like waiting on quarterbacks is the right thing. I had Anthony Richardson and then he got hurt and cousins. Those guys were doing just as well. Um, you know, and I got picked up CJ Stroud in the league that I had Russ and, and Aaron Rodgers in my queue. He's like, the QB is not the problem. It's you can find a QB. And, you know, if you have Minshew here and there last year, I got destroyed by crappy QBs this year. The late QBs worked out fine. It's just, I just, I just don't have any Mostert. I don't have any Rashad white. You know, I just don't have some of these guys that you just got to have. I don't have, Pacheco I don't have McC easy. Pacheco yeah. McCaffrey. I don't have any of these guys, you know, um, I don't have any Tyreek Hill. I mean, you know, fantasy football. I mean, some years it's just like, you got to draft a good, like last year, I did well. I had like AJ Brown, Ramondre, Barkley. You know, my team won the problem because it was just like I didn't hit any real out of the park. It was all just like good, solid, yeah. good pick, good pick, good pick. And then together, I had Trevor Lawrence. It was just like a good team and it was good enough. But this year, 
it's like, there's like six guys, you know, and if, if you have them, there's some years like this, that year that Lamar Jackson and McCaffrey and um, Michael Thomas went crazy. It's like, you needed those guys, <laughs> you know, those guys, forget it. Um, and this is just one of those years. There were just certain key guys that you had to have. And it was just sort of like, all right, well, I just, you know, I just didn't see those guys coming. And, uh, and so I just feel like, okay, great. Now Metcalf is showing that, oh, he could score some touchdowns, like big deal. Yeah, it's uh, I know you. Uh, one of my favorite articles that you write all year is the the team I should have drafted. And then you kind of make tongue in cheek where oh, I would have taken Puka Nakua in round one and all these, right. you know, wherever. When is that coming out, by the way? End of the year, you know, usually like week 16 right. or 17. And this year is going to be the best. It's going to be the easiest. Sometimes it's hard because you don't want to take a chalk pick at any round. And you so the whole premise is. I'm going to make absurd picks and I'm going to win. I'll take a defense in the first round, you know, that, that like is the, by far the best defense. And people will be like, Oh, I'll side bet you. And I'll be like, okay, how much you want to do it for? Let's double it. And every round I'm taking a crazy pick. Cause I know I'm getting like most hurt instead of round 11, where everyone I'll get him in round nine. Right. And then I'll take, you know, a chain around eight and I'll take, you know, and I'll take all these guys that I know I'm going to get Nakua in round 15, you know, I'll be taking these guys. And, and so I can take defenses and kickers, the best kicker in defense, like the Dallas kicker in defense rounds one, and two, and get the side bets and destroy everybody. Um, and some years it's hard because if you take a kicker in defense in rounds one and two, you're like, damn, I need a tight end. Well, who am I going to get? But this year it's so easy. I mean, you Laporta, could take Matt Laporta, uh, yeah. Laporta. Yeah. You yeah. could take, uh, what's his Kincaid. name? Uh, yeah. Kincaid late, you know, I mean, just, there's just a million guys to take CJ Stroud. You can get in the last round. So, and I like when you also, you pair up the guy who did good in the first half with the guy within the second half, you know, you, you know, you put them together, um, but you could literally not have drafted players in the first two rounds this year. And other than McCaffrey and put together like an all-star team. Yeah. You, should, you know, think about how many busts there were. It's really amazing. The third round, like the Najes and the Ramondres and that whole round was just bust after yeah, bust. If, you, if your name ends in a, it's bad, right? Yeah. It's yep. really, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Are you ready to, um, take a, a, a loser lap, not a victory lap, loser lap on Amon Ross St. Brown. He'll be a first round pick again next year. Are you there yet? I'll take the L. Well, I, you know, I said early second, he should have been a first. I'll say that's right. You know, I mean, look, I said Jarvis Landry, peak Jarvis Landry, who had, you know, 112 catches, um, but Landry only had like, you know, you have six, four touchdowns, you know, so, so mm -hmm. Amon Ra is going to get, end up with like eight touchdowns despite missing a game or two. So that, you know, he actually got in the end zone One, this year. Two, three, so, four, five. He has got six so far. Yeah. So I'd probably get like eight. Um, and, and that's despite missing a game, I think. And so, um, and that's what you and I talked about though. We talked about like, that would be the difference. Like you said, if he's in the four touchdown range, you'll be right. If he's in the six to eight touchdown run, round, well, then if you he would finish with six, uh, you know, but I think he's he'll right. get eight. He's got six now, you know, mm -hmm. he may get nine, you know I mean? He, there's, there's plenty of time, but, um, but the thing about Amon Ra that's so good is he's either had close to 100 yards or a touchdown every week. So he's never had a dud. There's not been one week, because I have him in the stake league, where you started him and you're like, and, and you're unhappy with what you got. Like you just get something every week from him. So yeah, I, I'll take the L. But it's not like I was saying he was bad. I was saying he was Jarvis Landry, who was like, you know, a rock solid second round pick, you know, at his peak. It's just, and, and, and I won't take the L really totally because. He really hasn't had like he hasn't like lit it up like right. it's not like Tyree he's not Kill, like man. yeah he's not like you know Tyree Kill he's not making these big plays so um, yeah he hasn't I'll, even I'll been like Keenan a, Allen I'll, right he hasn't no even been, he's, yeah. I take like a, I mean we're talking about instead of taking him ninth where he was going so he's crept up to eighth in some league sixth seventh you know I was saying take him fifteen sixteen 
Um, but given, deal, but given the busts in the first round, he was definitely taking him six or seven was great. Right. Like given that you could have got Eckler or you could have ended up with, um, you know, who else is going around there? Um, you're talking about what in like the middle Bijan, of Bijan Eckler, you're, you'd way rather have Amon Ra. So, you know, so it was a good pick where they Garrett Wilson was going Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I'll take the L I'll take a small L, but small. I, don't, I don't think I was like so off base, you know, there. I mean, um, right. I took Mark- CD lamb in my, in my prime time. And I'd rather have him too. Absolutely. All right. Two popular topics in fantasy football this year is how we're going to close Mike Evans, hall of fame debate. I, I'm so curious of your, like to me, I, I was thinking Mike Evans hall of fame like three years ago. Now that he's had his 10th straight 1,000-yard season, there's actual debate. Like, there's discourse on this. Where do you – I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer, or are you like, eh, I'm not so sure? I mean, it, you know, like the Hall of Fame as it exists, the way it works, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame, no problem. I mean, I, you know, t- the, the idea that, like, does he belong, like, in an inner circle – That's not what we're talking in, about. Yeah, circle, you're yeah. talking about the actual NFL Hall of Fame? Yeah. yeah. Well, of course. Why wouldn't he be? You want well, a Super Bowl? People, people say you want a that. Super Bowl. I agree with you. I agree with you. They're saying that like Tory Holt is still waiting and there's some other, uh, you know, and they're calling him an accumulator. And I say the same argument that I said with Zeke. You can only be an accumulator, especially a wide receiver, if you stay healthy. Right. I mean, but, but Evans is also like per play he makes big plays. It's not like he's just like, you know, sitting around catching, you know, six yard passes. You know, he's not Julian Edelman. I know uh, Ted Bell will get real pissed about that because <laughs> Julian Edelman probably should get in just from his playoff numbers are sick. But, um, but like, you know, this guy's making like big time game changing uh, catches, you know, and he's done it for 10 years with, you know, mostly crap quarterbacks, mostly at Brady one year, two years. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's pretty obvious that he's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad you said that. Uh, Tyreek Hill, MVP. We ne- you know MVP is a quarterback award. A couple, uh, maybe like five weeks ago, I told you I put a little scratch down on Dak at thirty-five to one. He's now the favorite. Um, I know, crazy. Yep. So a small bet though, small bet. I was uh, I was a nutless monkey on that one. You know, I did not go heavy on it. Uh, but could this be the year that? a non quarterback wins it. I mean, if any Tyreek certainly worthy of it, I know you've, ta- you've called him a top three wide receiver of all time. Yeah, he should win it. I mean, you can give it to Trent Williams. You give it to Tyreek Hill. You could give it to McCaffrey. Uh, you can give it to Purdy. You give it to Dak. You could give it to Dak's Doesn't, played really great lately. Yeah. You could give it to, um, you know, the, the winner know, Hurt, of the, Hurts, yeah. maybe, you know, yeah. well, AJ Brown was, is falling off lately, but he was, until two games ago in the conversation. I mean, you're just kind of making it up, right? I mean, we don't know for sure who the, I think Tyreek has a good, as a good case, especially if he breaks the receiving record. Um, and I think Trent Williams has a good case. He's not uh, the Niners. Niners lost three games in a row um, when he was out and Debo was out and um, you know, they're the best team in the league right now. And so, they're not going to give it to a lineman. There's no way. There's I mean, no they way. should. They should right, give it. They're to not. What, what, it's like you know. Yeah. Here, here's here's what's here's what's ridiculous, right? The NFL pays offensive tackles, elite ones, more than anybody except quarterbacks, right? So, don't you think the market knows better than idiots on Twitter arguing? I mean, do you think the market is like, well, if they're going to pay, they pay the quarterbacks the most, but then if there's no quarterback that stands out from each other what about the most outstanding by far left tackle on the best offense in the league with a very mediocre quarterback or a very, we don't know he's mediocre, but a guy who was, you know, the last pick in the draft who um, isn't like a special athlete or anything. What, you know, 
if if they're paying these left tackles that much, why not value them in the MVP discussion accordingly? It seems to be a quarterback award. I agree with you. It's got to be the most outstanding player. Then they have like offensive player in the year, which is kind of like nobody really cares about that, right? I mean, the year Cooper Cup. But why? But if you're willing to entertain Tyreek Hill, why not Trent Williams? It's a great question. You've actually made a persuasive case, especially based on the uh, the salary that they garner. So, you know, that's why running back probably could never be an MVP. And you I mean, say McCaffrey. Yeah, I don't. I see. I, my my premise on the running back is is the salary thing doesn't work very well, and neither does the spread thing because running back is an instinctive position where um, it's not hard for somebody to get in there pretty quickly and get to a, a decent level if they have any skill. You know, I mean, some running backs aren't. You know, the Trent Richardsons just turned out like they're not very good, but it's a, it's it's easy to get up to speed quickly with a new running back. Uh, you know, and a new quarterback takes a long time to get up to speed, which is why. Um, and you don't know if he's good enough to get up to speed. If he's even an adequate guy, it takes a long time to find out. So that's why the line moves seven points. Say if Patrick Mahomes is out for a game, um, because the backup can't get to the point where he's Gardner Minshew, um, right away. They don't know that he can be Gardner Minshew, but if you had Gardner Minshew, whoever the replacement guy is, um, then the difference is only like three or four points, right? The, the uh, most of the difference when the quarterback's out in the spread is not because it's Mahomes or, you know, whoever the Josh Allen, it's because the backup isn't Minshew. It's, you know, uh, QB one or Simeon, you know, that's, or, that's or Jake real, Browning before this big game, before the big game. Right. Yeah. And then once the quarterback gets up to speed, um, then that really narrows the gap a lot. And I think that the reason uh, the quarterbacks get paid so much isn't because Gardner Minshew isn't just as good as Daniel Jones. Um, it, it's because, you don't know in advance and it takes time to find out whether you have Gardner Minshew or you have um, Trevor Simeon as, as the guy, you don't know which is which until, and it, and it ruins the whole season to find out. And so once you know that the guys, or you think, you know, that the guy's a certain level, then he gets paid because the cost of, of switching and finding out is so high. And so I think people say, Oh, running backs don't matter because the cost of switching is low. But when you actually have a McCaffrey, who I think should absolutely be in the MVP discussion, it's so obvious that it makes a massive difference to that offense. That like McCaffrey is not like some incidental piece they added. The Niners were like sort of languishing last year. And ever since McCaffrey joined, this is like an absolute Super Bowl caliber team. And that was, you know, the big ad between, you know, last year and this year. And so um, the, the running backs don't matter crowd or a bunch of midwit uh, idiots who have, have let the uh, spreadsheets get to their head. The, the elite running backs really matter. Just like quarterbacks, there's the elite matter a ton. The guys in the middle, you know, just matter that they're not scrubs. And the scrubs really matter because they kill you. But I think the big issue with quarterbacks is the cost of finding out and switching midstream and in a system is so high that you want, that the lock-in is so important. And, and so it's not like, because every time, you know, they draft a Zach Wilson, they draft a Sam Darnold, you know, all these things, you know, people are just, they, they draft a Bryce Young and they're, and, and you're like, wait, you paid up for that. Right. And, and they're like, well, quarterback's the only thing that matter. But, um, but it, it, when you have the elites, it really matters. You know, every position matters, every single position matters, yeah. even like, and I, obviously this is the lesser position, but a kicker that, you know, is going to make 55 yarders, like their extra points. I mean, like if I'm going to the playoffs with my team and you, you know, the, the replacement level kicker now is better than it's ever been. I mean, these randos are kicking 55 yarders. It's amazing. But 
when you're like, I don't know if my guy can make a 45 yarder and you know, the rain, like that's like catastrophic to go into a playoff game with that situation. And, and so I just think that, you know, everything is that barbell thing where the bottom 20% absolutely wreck you. The top 20% absolutely carry you. And especially as you get to the top five and the bottom five and that vast middle doesn't really matter. Even if it's quarterback, you know, is Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, who cares? You know, all these guys, they're all the same basically. Yeah. Uh, well said. I think that's a good place to uh, pause it there. If you like videos like this, you know, consider hitting the like and the subscribe button. And also I want to alert everyone. If you love Chris Liss's content, go check out everything he has right now. Go over to realmansports.com, realmansports.com, and also check out the Chris Liss podcast. Uh, what are you going to be talking about this week on the Chris Liss podcast? I just did it. I released it. Um, you know, first is, um, I don't get to do here so much, but there was yeah, like a, the general a, tra a tragic thing happened in Heather's family that she's dealing with now. And so that was just one thing I had to talk about because it's a huge thing mm -hmm. in our lives. And then uh, just talking about the, uh, you know, uh, I don't really care. Like I don't, I'm not like for a political party, but like there's this like new message that you have to be terrified at the prospect of Donald Trump becoming president. And I don't understand it because he was already president and nothing happened. Right. So that okay. was one thing. And so you're going to talk about thing. that. The course of and then of course I'm, I talked about Bitcoin also, which has been on a, uh, a big run lately and like why, and uh, you know, some of the thoughts on okay. what it means. All right. Good stuff right there. Um, also, are you a, a? I know you're an old school Howard Stern fan. You don't listen anymore. Did you? Uh, did you hear the Howard Stern news that happened this week? I did not. What, what happened? Yeah. Do you remember the character Ralph Sorella? His uh, his stylist. He's been on the show a million times. I don't. I don't remember specifically. Yeah. So anyway, young guy. He passed away. I was just curious if you had heard that because I, I was dying to ask you because I know that you used to listen to Stern. So you know, I listened to him like in the nineties, yeah. maybe eighties, eighties, maybe or whenever. Oh, eighties. Like yeah, no, Ralph wasn't around in the eighties. I was just curious. Yeah, I, if you it was heard that. long time ago. And then I listened to. I saw a couple of his Sirius XM ones in you know in the studio. Some of the video, mm -hmm. like the YouTube stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I, no offense. I don't want to get uh, you guys in trouble. So I won't say this yeah. on the road of wire when I think of Howard Stern now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, well, well yeah, exactly. By the way, yeah. uh, all right. So also, if you want to check out Rotowire, get behind our paywall, uh, rotowire.com forward slash pod, rotowire.com forward slash pod. Put in your email, paywall unlocks. Fantasy baseball rankings are already up. Fantasy basketball, rest of season premium content. Uh, fantasy football playoff advice. Go check it out for free. It's, uh, you're going to love it over there. And the dynasty rankings are updated. Uh, optimizers for DFS, all our great tools. So uh, follow Chris List on Noster. Follow myself on X. I'm still over there. Chris List only comes over on Tuesdays. I don't See like you that. next Tuesday. Ah, very good. Very good. Anything else to add before we sign off, Chris? No, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week um, and with another fantasy football podcast. We'll figure out exactly what we're going to talk about, but there's no shortage of topics. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Thursday at 930 a.m. Eastern Time.